0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I just had an idea. I don't know if it's a great idea, but I got an idea. Has to do with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Because we're going back and forth, these two, somebody says something, somebody says something. How about they just played one-on-one, make it, take it to 11, pay-per-view, and then... Maybe Scotty, if he would win, then Scotty would get bragging rights, and then we could move on, and he'd feel better about himself. And then if Michael won, and then we could have a rematch. I don't know. I don't know where we're headed with this, but I don't know why I've been consumed by Scottie Pippen feeling neglected or hurt, angry over everything that Michael Jordan said. But uh, I'd tune in for that. Make it, take it to 11, and uh, I'll take Scotty. I'm oh gonna, yeah, I'm going to take Scotty over Michael there. Like, you know, I just think it means more to him and uh, of course that'll set up the rematch and then I'll then you have a uh, you know the, uh, the the trilogy there as we always do it. Whenever there's a fight, you got to have one, and then you have to have the rematch, and then you have to have the third one. Yeah, Paulie.
1: I don't know if Mike could win, but he'd win the trash talk cuz if they'd be <laughs> in the middle of the game it'd be 3 to 3 like I'm on your shoes, Scotty. Just remember, I'm on your <laughs> shoes that you're wearing.
0: All right, welcome to the program. It's a Thursday. It's hour one, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick show. Make sure you sign up if you want the calendars because they are going fast. And if you sent in a picture and uh, we attached it to your birth date, you're on the calendar. We have every date taken there. So everybody who sent in a picture, you're on the calendar. And if you'd like to order it, pre-order it now. Go to danpatrick.com. you got a lot of new projects there. And we got t-shirts there, tailgate bundle. We got pennies, bang biscuits. We got jerky there as well for your puppy. So get a jump on your holiday shopping season at danpatrick.com. But the calendars will not last long. We might've sold out of all the autograph ones. We've been signing those uh, during the show, after the show, but uh, go to danpatrick.com. The calendar's wonderful. The uh, French kid did a wonderful job, but, uh, Go to danpatrick.com for uh, all your holiday shopping. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle is at DP show. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all that forthcoming. We got football coming up tonight. Chris Sims on loan from Pro Football Talk will join us. We'll see where we're headed with Odell Beckham Jr. And maybe it's down to two teams, maybe three teams right now. Initially came out that it was seven, but if I'm Odell Beckham's agent... I want leverage here. I got to get a couple of teams involved in this. And uh, there are some teams from what I'm told offering the veterans minimum because they're not sure what's going to happen here. They want Odell to play for that new contract there. And that's what I think green Bay is offering right now. Seattle's in the mix, the saints in the mix, Kansas city reportedly in the mix, but. And, and from, I, I was also told this yesterday that for Odell to be paid a game check for this week, he's got to be on a roster. That's why he's going to sign with somebody before Saturday. The question is, will he be in anybody's lineup on Sunday or Monday? But uh, we'll talk to Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk. He'll join us coming up. And we say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming part. And you can uh, download the app and you can watch this program for free. And uh, all three hours. And we say good morning to our radio affiliates. Of course, iHeartRadio and the Fox Sports Radio lineup. The NFL officially embarks on the second half of the season tonight. And I don't know what we learned through the first nine weeks. Because right now, the AFC is a mess. Maybe that's what we've learned. Kansas City and Buffalo, inconsistent. Same with the next level. The Chargers, the Browns, surprise teams like Cincinnati, Las Vegas. They've been great for a while. You know, put the Ravens in there who are playing tonight. The Bucks look steady in the NFC, but the NFC is still confusing. Packers dealing with issues. The Rams, Cowboys coming off home losses. And maybe Arizona is the team that we should be keeping an eye on. But it's, I always, you know, warn you, caution you about making too many assumptions. We want to figure this out. Week by week, we think we figured it out. Second half of the season, is probably going to play out a lot differently. Health is going to be a big issue. COVID is still having a big impact around the league. And now you have an extra game thrown in there. So we'll see how all this plays out. But feel free to make predictions. Just feel free to change those predictions. Remember, the NFL season tends to play out in ways that we never expect. McLovin, what's the poll question we have today?
2: Well, I already had to put it up oh, on the site. wow. Because the Twitter reaction was instant and okay. powerful. Okay. Who would win in one-on-one right now, MJ or Pippen? See, I lean MJ just because he'd find a way. And I don't think Pippen's touched a ball in 15 years, I get a sense.
0: I get the feeling Scotty looks like he's in shape. Yeah. I can't say that Michael looks like he's in shape. Although if I give him two months, like right now he's on the cusp of Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan. I don't know if knowing Mike, he brings in his former trainer, Tim Grover, and he gets back in shape. And do uh, you imagine that pay-per-view between these two? Wow. Yeah, Paul.
1: I think you're being kind to Mike. No offense, but he's more puffy lately. It's more like Washington Generals than Washington Wizards. Washington Generals. That said, I would never put money <laughs> against Jordan. Not money.
0: Well, I would never bet against Jordan. I'd never bet against Brady. But Scotty feels like he needs this more. Like it would mean more to him. And and I think Scotty's going to have some trash talk for Mike as well.
3: Yes, he Scotty would destroy Michael right now. Yeah, destroy him. If it was like a cigar and a whiskey drinking competition, oh. I, I'm going to take I'm going to take well, the I don't, goat. Wait a but. minute, you know Pippin's got his own
0: tequila out now or bourbon, and Mike has his own tequila. Get some cigars. How about you have to have a couple of drinks, like a two-drink minimum,
3: and then you go play basketball? If you want to balance it out, if you make the other part of it a fishing competition, Jordan, all day. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paulie.
1: Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of cigar smoking and whiskey drinking. (laughs) How about this? Michael Jordan would talk so much smack. Like, he would bring his W-2 form and put it down in front of Scotty when they're lacing up.
0: I don't think it's going to matter. Like, Scotty's already been humbled. But if I just said, hey... Scotty, Michael's willing to play you, and and you have an NBA official, and it's make it take it to eleven. I get I get Mike Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Let them do the uh, the color commentating, play by play. I think I think we got and and you could have other one on one like what are the other one on one grudge matches that you could have right now? I could have Dennis Rodman. Versus Carl Malone. Oh, okay. It's just Dennis can't score, but that would still be entertaining. But if I had NBA grudge matches, and we just set up a roster there, and then of course the the you know the big main event would be Pippen versus V. Jordan. Yeah, Paul.
1: Here's one more: Isaiah Thomas versus all the eighty stars who couldn't stand him. <laughs> It'd be unfair. It be like, yeah,
0: that's one. that's a lot of games for Isaiah to play. I bet. Yeah yes uh yes McCoy. maybe
2: you borrow from the golf and you have a current uh, uh nba player team with jordan jordan and steph versus lebron and pippen then you get into the mm, jordan lebron okay, thing as okay, well
0: okay but i don't think steph has a beef with lebron
2: yeah but you know in the in the match it's there's not always beef you couldn't get kepka and Deschambeau. I, I don't know
0: but it would be great though because Jordan wants to still prove that he's the greatest player of all time, and LeBron would be on the other team. That yeah. would be fun. As if Mike would need motivation.
2: But I don't think that Scotty wants it more than Mike, because Mike would kill somebody to win a ping pong game. Remember that story you told about the finals where he tried to play you one on one after they won. I
0: know, I know. That's one of those where everybody tells you stories and then you see Jordan and how competitive he is. And he just won the championship in Utah and he just hit the game winning shot. And we think that he's going to retire. And then that's when he gets up from the sports center interview. And I go, man, I'd love to have had a piece of you. And he goes, what? He turned around. His eyes were like coal. They were so dark. They just stared at him. what? Get the bleep up. I'm in my suit and tie. Get the bleep up. Go, what? How would you bleep and guard me? And I put the forearm in his back and, and you could just see because I would torch the blah 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 blah. And Phil Jackson's right next to me, getting ready to go. We're at commercial break on Sports Center. Oh my God. I sat down, I go, What what just happened? He goes, See what I had to deal with? And I was like, Wow. So Mike would be competitive, but sometimes you can you you think you're still what you once were, and then you get out there and you try to do these things. I think Scotty would take Mike. I think so. Scotty looks like he's in pretty good shape, but he would definitely, he would have the grudge. He would have the ax to grind. This program brought to you by Panini. Uh, we love Panini. The trading cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Also the NFL. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, all-time greats. Only one place to collect them. Panini trading cards. You got instant classics, autographed cards memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. You can start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. All right, so you already put that up there. I already
2: put that up. I have another couple of poll options. Okay. Uh, Who is more valuable to their team? Simple question. Lamar Jackson with the Ravens or Tom Brady with the Buccaneers?
0: I'm going to say Lamar Jackson's more valuable to his team. I think the trouble with Baltimore is – they would like him to be less valuable because they would like to have others do a little bit more. But if you could have him do less running, he's improved his passing. I think for longevity, you know, if he continues to improve his passing, he'll run a little bit less. But right now when you watch Baltimore and tonight you'll watch Baltimore, they got a really good tight end. They have inconsistent wide receivers and they don't have a running game. And they have Lamar Jackson. And, and Lamar is going to get more love this week, especially a standalone game tonight if he plays well against the Dolphins for the MVP conversation. Because what happened was uh, you had Josh Allen who didn't play well. Brady was off. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't play. Dak Prescott lost. I'm trying to think who uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, sat out game against Kansas City. Mahomes barely won against Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson is getting a little bit more love for MVP. Yeah, McClellan.
2: Yeah, I've seen other guys on the odds. Derek Carr lost. Uh, Justin Herbert's in there, but he's struggled. Yeah. There's really not. and Mahomes is like
0: 15th on this list. Fritzy offered up some more one-on-ones. Shaq versus Barkley.
4: All right. They're always, they're always kind of needling <laughs> each other.
0: Yesterday was the anniversary of when Charles threw the ball and bounced it off Shaq's head. That's great. And Shaq, what people don't remember is Shaq had a left that if it connected with Charles, Charles might still be down. But he missed him, and then that's when they started sumo wrestling. Uh, how about the Joker against uh, Markeith Morris? I think it should be the Joker's brothers and the Joker against uh, Markeith Morris and his brother. Fun. I think that would be good. And for some reason, you got Kelly Olinick versus Kevin Love.
4: They got tangled up a couple
2: of years ago, and he kind of broke <laughs> Kevin Love's arm or something. I just kind of remembered wow. that a couple of years ago. Okay. Maybe they need
0: to settle that.
3: Man, that's a deep cut. Good call. He
2: destroyed his shoulder for a <laughs>
3: yeah. while. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Eden. Someone just sent in KG versus Ray Allen. That could be fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: no, I would probably Rondo, Rondo versus Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah. There's a few grudge matches that are still there. Yes, he <laughs> I mean, yeah, that one goes deep, and I don't think that's going to be healed anytime soon. Yes, McLeod. Yeah,
2: there's all these championship team bitter rivalries. And he brings up
0: Olenek and Kevin Love. <laughs> that was a
2: significant shoulder injury that Love suffered.
0: I, I know that, but it's a deep cut. I appreciate that. As somebody who loves album rock, you know, it's a deep cut. Like four cuts in. All right. 877 3dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show Ravens Dolphins tonight the Warriors my Warriors now 10 and 1. Climb on board if you want to and they're doing it with backups they're not even really utilizing their first round picks and uh, we don't have Clay Thompson back but uh, by the, and uh, the Lakers won Russell Westbrook. Junior the third had a uh, triple-double. Yes, McLeod?
2: I want to get clarification. It's your Warriors in the West, and it's it's kind of your Hornets in the East, right? Because you can have a your in, in each Yeah, line. I, I like the Hornets. Not saying to win at all, but just to
0: sort of be an impressive team. I, 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 you know, I'm on the LaMelo bandwagon Uh, and, and bridges. On it? You're, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> you're a am captain of I'm it. I'm
0: driving it. You know, and, um, one other thing. I I told you that I, I love Lonzo Ball as well. Lonzo ball has improved his shooting, three point shooting every single year. Now you're gonna go, well, of course he had to. But I think he's shooting about forty percent from three point range. And that's that's all I ask of these younger players when they have an issue where they can't with they can't shoot, uh Do you try to get better? How hard do you work at it? And Lonzo Ball and the Bulls are one of the surprise teams. And Lonzo Ball is shooting uh, almost 40%, I think, from three point range. Yeah, actually, he's up.
1: I got to check this. Lonzo Ball is at 45% on the season. He's averaging, uh, yeah, uh, he's averaging seven three point attempts a game, and he's shooting right now 45%. He's one of the top 10 in the league right now.
0: I love it. I love it. Not big on his dad, but his dad has been quiet, and I love it. Because let these, let these kids, you know, grow into basketball players. And they are. They're really good. Yeah, McLovin. The crazy thing is free throws
2: went from 45, 41, 56, 78, 84 this year. That's,
0: you know, that's just tweaking a little bit. Nothing frustrates you more than a bad free Oh, free it throw just here. drives me crazy. Because it all it is is you get repetition. It's boring. Nobody wants to sh- sit there. Or whatever I just said, uh, sit there and shoot free throws. It's boring, but you have to do it. You have to get into that routine. And Lonzo Ball, that's awesome. Good for him. My bowls. So I'm. it's my LaMelo, it's my bowls, and my Golden State Warriors right now. Subject to change. All right, uh, Chris Sims will join us, Pro Football Talk. We'll talk about Odell Beckham and... Who's the best fit for him? Where's the best fit for him? How's all this play out? And uh, a few other things to talk to him about. Who's the MVP? Does he think? And I don't like doing this week to week. You know that. I have an aversion to who's the MVP this week. We're at the halfway point. I think we could have halfway point honors here. I think that's fair. They're getting you. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I waited nine weeks. All right. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. M-Drive's got a new product. We just got a shipment in yesterday. Boys in the back were like, I opened it up, and I got, oh, and they go, M-Drive Lean? And I go, yes, I got M-Drive Lean here. And it's like, well, do we have to wait for the Dan Edge to have it? I go, no, everybody can have it. It's a powerful protein supplement For driven guys who want to lose weight, look good and perform at their best, no matter what their age is. M-Drive Lean, first-of-its-kind protein powder, formulated with Morosil. I had to explain to Mario what Morosil was, but that's only because I didn't know either. Clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, and body mass. It's weight loss backed by Real Science to help fuel your daily drive. Visit MDriveDan.com, try it for yourself. Offering free shipping, 60 day money back guarantee, nothing to lose, Mario, except for some pounds. Visit MDriveDan.com and try MDrive Lean. Lose weight, feel good. MDrive Lean. Don't let age beat you. Visit MDriveDan.com. That's MDriveDan.com. Be sure to catch the live edition of The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio Radio app.
1: I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. The truth, absolute fire, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
0: your podcasts. Uh, Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go to Las Vegas to battle. Derek Carr and the Raiders. The AFC West Showdown, Sunday at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. There are a couple of people chirping yesterday. C.D. Lamb has been fined $20,000 for having his shirt out. And uh, Aaron Rodgers only gets fined uh, $14,650 for a COVID-19 violation. Well, C.D. Lamb has been fined four different times. The, the fine for Aaron Rodgers, that was collectively bargained by the Players Union. I mean, that there was only so much he was going to be fined for this situation. The Packers, that was a little bit different. Because you could say, okay, the Packers were fined $300,000 for their role with Aaron Rodgers, whereas the Colts were fined, whatever, $400,000 for piping in crowd noise in a football game. But that has to do with the competitive balance there. But uh, you know, if you start to try to match this and go, well, Rodgers got fined this and CeeDee Lamb got fined that, it, it's apples to oranges there. It's not the same. C.D. Lamb has been fined, I think, four times now. Didn't have his jersey tucked in. By the way, untuck it. Here you go. Call him up. C.D. Lamb looks great. Looks like a model. Pay the fine. Untuck it. C.D. Lamb. Hello? Yes, Paulie. That's great.
1: C.D. Lamb has been saying that there's lots of players in the league who have their jerseys untucked or have shirts and it looks slovenly. We got the official NFL operations policy. Mm. A uniform inspector's job is to make sure every player in violation of the rules is aware of it and has opportunity to correct it before or during the game. He will go on the sidelines, and if he sees a player that's not following the policy half hour before kickoff, he'll meet with a team representative to report the problem. He does not talk directly to the player. You don't want to interrupt the pregame preparation. The employee must bring any player spotted with a violation back to the inspector for clearance before kickoff. So either (laughs) C.D. Lamb is not doing what they tell him before kickoff, Or he is like, you know, he must be refusing it.
0: Well, C.D. Lamb says he doesn't understand the rules. He goes, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't know for sure. Uh, I'm not more conscious of it.
1: The inspector's job doesn't end at the end of warmups. He notifies the team. If any violations he spots during the game, (laughs) especially early, players and teams will have the opportunity to get into compliance at the change of possession or other appropriate stoppage. He wouldn't fine you if it came out during a play, during a series. They wouldn't expect you to clean up your mess
0: then. Okay, this doesn't make any sense. If I'm C.D. Lamb and I've spent $50,000 on having my shirt tail out, what are you told? Are you asking? If you send your child to their room without dinner, does your child say, what did I do? You just go up there. What did I do? No, you go up there. No dinner for you. You get a timeout. If I'm C.D. Lamb, at some point, don't I say, what exactly am I doing or not doing? Because I, I don't want to be giving up this kind of money. The next time around, it's a big number. I think he gets fined almost $50,000. Yes, McLovin.
2: But this is the only time we've talked about CeeDee Lamb. This is free marketing. He's going <laughs> to turn around and make a million-dollar marketing deal tomorrow.
0: Like, why else? He's actually really good, too. Yeah. Uh, well, you know that. All right. I'm telling you,
3: untuck it. Here you go. Here's your spokesperson. Yes, yeah, It seems like all these dudes have their shirts untucked. Well, they all have those like stretchy shirts that you can tell holding all the time. But, like those aren't tucked in. Yeah, but didn't Zeke Elliott? I mean, he shouldn't be showing his belly, but he
0: he had a belly jersey there. I don't know if that's a violation. Let's bring in Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NBC Sunday Night Football analyst. Did you ever get fined for a uniform violation, Chris?
4: Yeah, I did. Um, I'm not showing too, not showing enough black on the socks or no, no, showing too much black on the socks for, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, you know, like, you know, sometimes you want it, it's supposed to be the the right proportion of white and black. So I like the way all the black looked and it would make it, you know, predominantly black, but you know, you had to try to trick the uniform guy to a degree to make that happen. But how are you
0: told that you're in violation?
4: Well, like first off, they're going to check you in warmups and then they're going to come through the locker room after warmups, maybe 10 to 15 minutes before you go out there to the game. And they're going to walk around and go, Hey, number two, you don't have enough white in your socks. Hey, number 32, you know, tuck your Jersey in, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Your cleats are in violation. And they let you know, but what guys do to try to skirt that is if you go, well, what I did, I would go out to warmups very proper. And then I'd start the game and I'd go, ha, they didn't warn me so they can't find me yet. And now I got my socks changed and I looked a little different, but even doing that at halftime, they were going to come tell you again, they were going to get you, but I don't know who I I heard there to, to, to whoever it was. I don't know if it was fritzy or whatever. I do find the rule a little inconsistent at times like like there's I, I could find seventy guys that I watched on film this past week that had jerseys untucked they weren't fine, but for some reason CD lamb was and I don't I don't understand that with the NFL at times
0: all right let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. what team is the right fit not necessarily where he goes, but what what is the best place for him to go?
4: well that, it that it's a tough one. I mean i I think I look at it and you know, of course, you got the Saints, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Packers; those four teams involved. They all have little different nuances as far as why I think they're best. All right, so this is a hard one for me to answer. Like, hey, the Chiefs—they certainly need them. It can't just be Tyree Hill and Kelsey, but their offense is struggling, and Mahomes is struggling right now. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, he's struggling. You know, Green Bay—you know—they're—they're they're not the type of offense where. It's like the most diverse passing offense in the world. It's Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams, and not necessarily always the scheme that leads them there. So I don't know. Can they find a way to like, you know, infuse Odell Beckham Jr. into that offense? I think they could. I'd like to see that. I do think they need another guy if they want to win the Super Bowl. Um, but as far as just like maybe. You know, you know. What do I want to say? Jump-starting your career again and going to places where you know it's a true, like proven fact that they can get you the ball. That's where I go to the Saints and the Patriots. Yeah, but now, he doesn't
0: not... trust Trevor Simeon.
4: Well, that's I, and that's where that's where that's why it's like hard for me to give one here, and I, that's why I want to give a little context. You're right. The Trevor Simeon thing is not that appealing but Sean Payton knowing how to get the ball to a guy all the time is very appealing. And he, I would argue maybe he's the best in football at doing it. Maybe, you know, even before Michael Thomas, they could feature guys that way. And here's the other reason I would just say the saints too, because there could be a little bit of a long play there as well. You know, I think the Michael Thomas uh, saints relationship is over from everything I know. And I don't expect to see him back in uniform there ever again. And he could be that guy for that offense. And I would think the Saints are going to be a major player for one of these quarterbacks that's on the market next year. So they could be good for the future. That's what I would argue. And that's the same thing with New England. They know how to get the guys the ball. They can orchestrate offense around that. And then you have a future there to build with, with Mac Jones and be the guy. So... That, that's my answer. I know I kind of copped out and didn't give you one place, but they all have some positives and they all have some negatives to me. And I think that's why he's probably taking a little time to try to figure this out.
0: But there's a team that you've already, you mentioned before you even came on the air, I think you tweeted and it's Buffalo yeah. because yes. Buffalo, if, if Odell Beckham's big picture is being on a winning team, well, Buffalo probably has the best chance to go to the Super Bowl. And and, and you put him opposite Stefan Diggs. You got Josh Allen and you might have some magic there. I just, I don't know if he wants to go to Buffalo, but if you want to go and win, that might be the place where you can go and extend your career, at least through the postseason longer than any Uh, other place.
4: Agreed. He's got to be careful here. You know, Hey, legacy's on the line. He's got a perception about him around the league. You know, there's certain some people that don't want anything to do with him, And, you know, again, he's, He's been a guy that just hasn't got a lot of opportunities. He's athletically looks still really good. But uh, the analogy I use all the time is like, you know, if Golden State didn't throw the ball to Steph Curry until the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, he's not going to be the same Steph Curry. He's not just going to knock down threes all over the place. And Odell Beckham Jr. the last two years has gone through such long periods of time where he's open a lot Wait, and the ball doesn't blaming, come his you're way. You're
0: blaming the Browns' scheme. I definitely, to a degree, the
4: scheme and Baker Mayfield would be the two things. I don't know what there was there. There's something there, but I've broken this down on my Unbuttoned podcast a bunch where I've shown a long list of plays to go, wait, I know this play. I know how you're supposed to read it. And Odell's wide open, and I don't understand why the ball didn't go there. So, you know, there's a little of everything there that happened in Cleveland and Cleveland's past game is to me without the run game being successful is a little underwhelming, but like getting back to the bills, you know, the only reason I didn't say them, that's the one that makes the most sense to me, but I just haven't heard any rumors or anything substantial to think it's going there, but you hit it exactly right. You know, their defense is super bowl ish. They have no run game. And right now it's just. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs make magic for us every week. And they do need another guy, in my opinion, if they think they're going to march through the AFC playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. And that's that would be the one place if I was talking to Odell Beckham Jr. and I was talking to teams in the leagues, I'd go, get that done. That one seems to make the most sense.
0: We had Mike Tannenbaum on yesterday, former front office executive. And I, I asked him about Baker Mayfield. Would you sign him up long-term? And he said no. He said right now he's the – third best quarterback in his own division and he's going to cost you too much and he's maybe the 6th 7th best quarterback in the AFC which I don't even know if he's that even though he is having a good year if you look at his numbers he's having a good year in fairness right. to him but you know you can't get that sweet spot of 38 or 28 to 30 million dollars which maybe you want him there but then I don't want to pay him 40 to 45 million
4: Uh, like that to me is exactly it. I mean, I I would sign up Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield long-term, but it's going to have to be on a term that makes sense for the Cleveland Browns. I think that's what I would do. You know, again, like uh, you know, Baker's good. But I don't it never think he's happens
0: top... that way, Chris. Where a... I,
4: well, the, the the NFL then the, a lot of people are going to have to start dealing with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff situations if they're going to continue down this. Yeah, and then they're going to have to hear guys like me tell them how stupid they are for doing it. You know, so that's where like they're not quarterback dependent. Their team is built around the run game. He's not one of the ten best quarterbacks in football. He's still very good, but I don't look at him as top 10 quarterback we know it's kind of been up and down to a degree so from that standpoint yes you know i would sign him up but i wouldn't give him 38 or 40 million dollars a year absolutely not and the other thing i say because i've had people ask me this too i want to just go you know like what wh- wh- if you offered them 30 million or 28 million which is pretty good you know money of course we know in the real world and football quarterback money that's kind of average all right but at the same time, would I have even – I've had these conversations with some people around the NFL. I just want to go, well, who do you think's going to be, like, knocking down the door going, we got to get Baker Mayfield to our team and we're going to give him 40-something million dollars because it's going to change our team? No, I don't think that's the, you know, the perception or the reality around that situation. He's not Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Russell Wilson or one of those guys. Or uh, So that's where – you know, that would be my, my stance on that.
0: Uh, halfway point of the season, your MVP is? Well, it's not
4: going to look good like after last week. I, 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 like Before the week started last week, I said Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford would be the guy I would pick. I mean, you know, first off, I think the success there has happened what, way quicker than we anticipated. He's changed their football team, you know. They got some injuries at the running back position. They're not as special that way. And now we don't have to go like, whoa, if they can't run and don't have bootlegs, what are they going to do in the, this week? How are they going to manage the game? I hope the defense could be phenomenal. So to me, he's changed the perception of them throughout the whole league, let alone the NFC. And I know it's bad timing because he doesn't look great. Uh, but, I, you know, to me, I would go there. And, of course, I'm a little, I guess, biased because everybody's crapped on him so long at Detroit. He's horrible. He's horrible. He's horrible. So now he must be great, I guess. That's that's where I just I want to fight back against that narrative. But, of course, Kyla Murray, Lamar, Tom Brady, I think those are probably the other three guys I look there, like, you know, nipping at his heels.
0: Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and uh, contributor to NBC Sunday night football, the taunting penalty the other night with Tony Correnti, the, uh, the official, you had a run in with him when you were playing, which I found really interesting. Explain that to the audience.
4: Sure. You know, first I did not agree with that call. I don't think that's why that rule was put in place because of staring at the sideline from 30 yards away. Sorry. That's just not what it was there for. It's not the video. The NFL showed us before the year to explain it. You know, that's not, it's not, they're, they're going, you know, outside the lines on that. But yes, I had a game and it was San Francisco 2005 and got hit really late, you know, after a play. I mean, like maybe as late as I ever was hit in my NFL career and nothing was called. And I kind of looked back at him and I just, I, as I was running, I went, what the hell? That was a late hit. That's like all I said, ran off the field. And now as I, you know, you come back on the next drive, it's commercial break, right? The referee usually gives you some warnings about like when he's going to blow the whistle and start the clock. So it happened once I'm kind of sitting around and Gruden's talking to my ear and I'm looking at him and the guys are talking to the huddle and he just blows the whistle and I turn around. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. All right. Hey, West right slot, 72 Z bingo. You split. All right. It goes on. We have a timeout or something like maybe a minute or two later. And the same thing happens. And it happened, I believe, three different times until I finally went up to him to the next commercial break, and I said, uh, why aren't you giving me a warning? Can I get a warning before we come back from break here? That's kind of standard protocol. They kind of look at you and go, hey, get get your guys ready. Call your play. I'm going to blow the whistle. That's kind of how it goes. Every team, every ref, every game, all year. And he looked at me, and he said, are you going to apologize for what you (laughs) said earlier? And, I mean... Did the competitor and wanted me wanted to be like, would you get the hell out of my face? And I'd like to like really say some four-letter words to you. But I didn't want to be ripped off by him for the rest of the game, and not him call other penalties. So I went, I'm sorry about that. And then he <laughs> said, okay, I'll give you your warnings back. And I just, to me, that he's always bothered me. There's a lot of talk like that around him. You heard Brian Greasy even during the telecast say he had his run-ins with. You know, Tony Correnti, a lot of people have. Do you think me, he gets purposely, a little personal?
0: Do you think he made contact on purpose Monday night? Cassius I, I, Marsh.
4: It I I it just it, it appears that way. I mean, it appears that way. The whole thing is weird. You know, as I've argued on the show, like I'm all for this rule. I've I've been one that's defended it because I am a behind the like late, like, these are role models. The kids watch this, and, like, the aspect of what we wanted out of the game was, like, the 40-yard run down the sidelines, and the defender makes a tackle 40 yards down the field, and he gets up, and he stands over him. He's like, yeah, I tackled you. I know you almost got a touchdown, but I tackled you. <laughs> or, you know, the receiver who catches a three-yard route, and now the DB tackles, he stands over him and puts his man junk in his face. Like, look, I dominated you for three yards. Oh, my gosh. That's got to go. Like that, I'm all for that. This is not what the rule's for. I mean, again, and, you know, like I said on PFT with Fourier, how do you know he wasn't looking at his mom in the second row and just going, like, look at me, Mom. I mean, to me, that was just, like, uh, unnecessary, and that's where common sense has been lost by the referees in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, but the NFL didn't take any action against Tony Correnti, And to me, cool, no, of he course course initiates. Not. It's almost like he was trying to draw a charge. Like, come on. Right. And then he throws right. the flag as soon as contact is made that he initiated. Yes. You, yes. can, you can throw the flag for taunting. I had no problem with that. But you right. throw it a couple of seconds earlier when the taunting actually happens. I had yes. a real problem with that. And you know what? He's not going to be disciplined by the NFL. They're going to be like, no, oh, of course let's not. just move on get into the weekend everybody'll forget about this hey right that's right
4: uh, the nfl's never made a mistake ever in the history of their lives wow. they have never made a mistake wow. i right know they can still yeah. come after
0: you they can come after yeah. your benefits <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right they could <laughs> hey great to talk to you as always chris thank you have a great weekend thanks man hey tell those idiots i said hi hey idiots chris says uh, hi Hi, yes. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Play of the day. Your phone call's up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio
1: app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, my
0: God. The play, the play. of the day. left side go! Check this out. Malik's going to have to shoot. With one, Malik Monk, two steps, throws it in! He threw it in to beat the buzzer! What a shot by Malik! That was an incredible delivery. Malik Monk, a season-high 27, including five of the Lakers, eight points in overtime, as L.A. won in overtime for the second straight game. That's courtesy of Spectrum Sportsnet. Nobody happier than McLovin. Yeah. I look at his game log. It's like
2: zero, zero, 002 <laughs> eight, 12, five, out of nowhere. I guess he doesn't play much defense. I was just reading.
0: Play of the day brought to you by M Drive. <laughs> you want to lose weight? Try M Drive Lean Protein Powder backed by real science to help you lose weight. Find it at mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. I'm watching the Lakers and I'm rot- watching uh, Russell Westbrook Jr. the 3rd and he had a triple double, you know, 25 14 and 12. It's just sometimes when you really need something from him, that's when it doesn't go well. He's dribbling the clock out and he's trying to take the jumper to win the game. And instead of trying to get to the hoop against he can he can still blow by people, but he's isolated on the right and he's just dribbling. 5 for, and I'm going oh he's going to take a jumper and he takes a jumper and of course he misses it instead of beating his guy off the dribble getting to the hoop and maybe you know shooting a free throw and then you win the game but it's uh, it's a work in progress 25 14 and 12 as the Lakers beat the Heat in overtime this in from uh, Pete Thamel according to sources the Yukon football team is going to hire Jim Mora Jim Mora Jr. (laughs) UCLA NFL head coach Jim Mora as the next head coach. A deal is expected to be finalized in the near future. Man. Did somebody warn him? Wow. All right. Well, that's a big fall from the NFL or UCLA or Washington and now you're Coach in Connecticut. Yes, McLevin.
2: How's the weather compare in stores compared to UCLA?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think he was doing some TV work, and he is a really good football coach, but, you know, that's a tough program to – you need CPR. Get it started. And and it's almost as if, should they be Division One, Should they be, you know, playing with the big programs? You know, they were 1AA a few years ago. And maybe it's been 20 years, but it feels like maybe that's where you belong. Yeah, Seton. I don't
3: know if Jim's ready for that AAC schedule yet, though. Ooh, mm. who is that's a real gauntlet? Who is ready for the AAC? Yes, McLovin.
2: And it's the only place you're the third most popular program on campus behind the men's and women's basketball. Team. Behind
0: the women's and then the, the women, men's. Yeah, definitely the women's and the men. <laughs> women's and then my my girl Paige going to be uh, up for player of the year again this year. All right, a couple of phone calls. Jim in Detroit. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, 310-511. Um, <laughs> thanks.
4: You were talking about the War of Words, and I know you you like classic rock And
2: that. What have you thought about the uh, Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney feud that's been actually going on? Have you been keeping on top of it?
0: Oh, yeah. I saw that where uh, thanks for the phone call, Jim. Paul McCartney basically called the Stones a blues cover band, and this was in, I think it was New York Magazine or uh, the New Yorker, where well, they had an extended interview with Paul McCartney, and he's, it was one of those like throwaway lines, and then Jagger and the Stones had a concert in L.A., and Jagger came out, and you know, like he was talking about all the people in attendance, everybody, all the celebrities there, and he says later on. You know, uh, Paul McCartney is going to come out and sing. Well, everybody thought that that was really going to happen. They got excited. And then, of course, McCartney wasn't there, but he was trying to mock McCartney because McCartney said they're basically a blues cover band. Yeah, Paul.
1: So Paul McCartney was talking to the New Yorker, and he was discussing the musical skill of the Beatles and how they always tried to expand it. Every album would try to be drastically different than the previous one. And he said, quote, I'm not sure I should say it, (laughs) <laughs> but they're a blues cover band. That's sort of what the Stones are. I think our net was cast a bit wider than theirs. Yeah. Is that fair?
0: Is it proper? Well, I think they're based in the blues, but they're far more than that. You don't last 60 years if you're just a cover band. You know, there, there's so many great things that the Stones did, obviously.
3: And, and Paul's wrong in saying that. Yes, Eden? In Keith Richards' um, biography, I think it's called Life, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. He talks about how he basically figured out this one guitar tuning and then was like, oh, I can write songs forever off of this. It's like Open G, I think it is, or something like that. But he was like, once he figured out that tuning, he's like, the whole guitar became way easier. And then it was like, and then you start writing all these songs and they're all in that same tuning.
0: Yeah, and, and Keith admits that he was influenced by the Chicago blues and Muddy Waters and, and you know, what they meant to music. But, you know, the Stones, you, know, you, you can't label him a cover band.
2: Yes, McDonald. Well, it's funny. I actually thought Keith Richards wouldn't take super offense to that because he really worships the blues, right? Yeah, but they're more than that. Yeah.
0: That's not fair. Have you ever
2: seen the clip, and I can play it, where Lennon talks about how the Rolling Stones copied every Beatles album and goes album for album? <laughs> like they did, did Sgt. Peppers, and then the, the Stones had their version. There is a little bit of that. Don't you think the Stones might have ridden the wave of the Beatles? Is sure. that possible? They're
0: not alone. You know, but I I don't know when you get to that competitive level and, you know, people stole from Dylan. I mean, people steal, borrow, sample, whatever you want to call it. Now, what do you do with it and how do you make it yours? I mean, that's really the key when it comes to music. I think they're all sort of based in the blues. Now, what do you do with it? How do you make it your own? All right. One hour in the books, two more to go. More phone calls coming up. We'll see if we stay with our poll question. My idea of having Scottie Pippen play Michael Jordan one-on-one. Pay-per-view.